welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Hey, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing quite well. I am actually having a really good time with this almost empty nester situation I've got going. I uh-huh. wasn't sure at first, but I've been having some great weekends where it's pretty quiet in my house. So it's, it's kind of nice. That's cool. My house is not that empty. So we are not reinventing ourselves. <laughs> it could be really, really great. Like, just just hold on. You, you'll get okay. there. I'm going to have to live vicariously through you for a little bit longer. I can't say everything I want to say because this is a podcast. I can't tell my business. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what do you mean? You can say everything. Uh-huh. I'm sure everybody would listen. Yeah. <laughs> private, but. Okay. Okay. But I thought that maybe there's somebody here who could help us talk about some of the more intimate things that are of interest to people like you and me. Mm-hmm. Married women of a certain age. Of a certain age. Mm-hmm. So today we are going to be talking about like our libido, like what makes us want to have sex these days? I mean, we're getting older and so things change yeah. for some. You know, it's been good for me. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've enjoyed what I do, right? But sometimes I don't want to do it all the time like I maybe wanted before. Okay. So, but yeah. and I know that's natural, right? Like I know that's a natural occurrence. That's it's not just me. I know it. Okay, so you might be special, but I know I'm not by myself. So you know, so we're just now you're laughing at me. Okay, I see how you do. No, it's okay, it's okay. But uh, <laughs> but I know there's others that share that same kind of changing body thing as we get older, and how does that affect us in our sex life? So this week we are so fortunate because we're going to be talking about women's issues, uh, libido, and uh, sex drive, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be talking about that. And then next week, we're going to be talking about men's sex drive, libido, how it affects them. And we're fortunate because we have somebody who really can break all of this down for us. We know ourselves. Like we don't, we don't have that expertise. So we mm-hmm. do the smart thing and we go reach out to the experts, the subject matter mm-hmm. experts. And today and next week, we are bringing to you Helena Johnson. Now, Helena Johnson is a licensed marriage and family therapist located right here in North Kakalaki. You haven't said that in a long time. Our research triangle area. And she has earned her master's degree in marriage, family, and couple counseling from Capella University. She is training in emotionally focused couples therapy and sex therapy, and loves to help couples enhance their intimacy, both emotionally and sexually. Thank you so much, Helena, for joining us today. Some assistance in learning more about this. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) What a great thing to talk about. 
been in a, a great game phase. But when Ramel started talking about the different ways and the concerns, well, being of a certain age, I've got menopause knocking at my door and things mm. have changed not only in my household, but in my but in my body. So when yeah. More freedom in my house, my body is offering me different challenges. So, Ramel, you were right to keep it really serious and, and focused. You're right. We got things we have to talk about. And I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. And I like the fact that the two of you are opening up this space, this platform to have the conversation because I think it needs to be had. So, kudos to the two of you. Thank you for, for doing this. <laughs> I'm going to say that I have heard about couples counseling a, a lot. I'm really interested in marriage enrichment. And so I pay attention to what type of topics are covered. But sex, people kind of shy away from. I don't think yeah. I hear much about that. You know, you know, yeah. something. But that's not a What even had you add the sex therapy onto your practice? Yeah, I think. Um, I, I see a lot of couples and a lot of couples come in saying, you know, I've done couples therapy before and we just talked about, you know, our relationship, but sex is a part of the relationship. And so um, I, I believe, you know, when you're working with couples, we need to look at the whole marriage, the whole relationship. Um, that's emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. And uh, how I got my feet wet with it was I started working at a practice here in Raleigh and um, I thought I was just going to do the couples counseling part of it. Um, and they're like, no, we do sex therapy too. So you're going to do both. And I was like, oh, oh okay. You know, um, but <laughs> uh, the more I started to train in it, the more I started to learn about it, the more I realized how needed it is for couples to not only talk about what's going on emotionally in the relationship, but what's going on sexually, because as you start to pull back those layers, um, it actually creates a, a, a more of a, a closeness in, in a lot of people's relationships. And so it, it's a way to look at the whole marriage. Mm -hmm. And I find it very, very fascinating, very fascinating work and rewarding. Okay. Cause I was going to say, why didn't you just run away screaming like nope no, I'm not talking about sex I'm <laughs> but I'm not talking about sex I just feel like a lot of people run away from it, it you just mm -hmm. found it so beneficial or maybe you've got extra courage like what is it that made you take it on yeah I think it would be extra courage um initial it's very intimidating to talk uh, about sex with couples it's very private you have to be comfortable as a sex therapist. You like, I have to be comfortable with sex and talking about it to make the couple feel comfortable. So initially it was, you know, very intimidating. And um, I think through the years I've gained more and more courage, but I think at the heart of it, it's knowing, you know, at the base of therapy, the, the rewarding part is being able to help others. And this is just another area that couples need help with just like communication, just like, you know, getting close together for quality time and emotional intimacy. This is just another part of the marriage and relationship that couples need help in. And once I started seeing it from that frame, it became a little less intimidating, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, it does. It makes all the sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm curious. So we're talking about like women's sex drive and 
this week, right? So what is like your big the wall that you come up against in terms of women and their sex drive? What's the biggest misconception that mm-hmm. women have about sex drive? Yeah, um, the biggest, well, I would, I'm going to take it back. I think originally okay. the idea was that this one size fits all that you have a sexual thought, you desire sex, you then get aroused, boom, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And over time, we're finding that that is the one size fits all just doesn't fit all, you know? Mm. Um, and I think for most men, that seems to be the case where they, they, they do have that sexual desire that comes up first and then they get aroused and then they're ready for sex. And for most women, I think the misconception is that every woman has that same pattern. Mm. And um, if you take the way a woman gets aroused and compare it, compare it with a man or how a man gets aroused, it's completely, can be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're finding is that there are other ways to feel sexual desire and to have libido. And the other way is that for, for most women, they do feel pretty much nothing um, initially, um, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship or, you know, once that infatuation period of, of the relationship fades off, when it comes to sex, most women feel nothing in their bodies. But what happens is, is if you can get started if you can lean into your partner's initiation and as things get going, things start to heat up mm-hmm. and then our, your body gets aroused and then that's when desire kicks in for most women. So the misconception is that we're broken. Why don't our bodies work like our husbands mm-hmm. or our boyfriends or, you know, our, our partners? It's just that that one size fits all. We're finding out that that that's not the case. So let me make sure. That the yeah, could hear you in the back. You yeah. said, <laughs> I feel like I, I heard you say maybe this was a comparison of uh, men to women, but that you just say women tend to warm up to it later. So we might not feel it like he might be feeling it, but if we keep going, mm-hmm. we grow to feel it better. Like do, don't stop. Don't think there's something wrong with you because you yeah. don't feel it right away but yeah go, go with the flow <laughs> I like that term <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it'll it'll grow on you'll feel yeah yeah you might not feel anything at the start of it but if you can you know at least get things started get the key in ignition get the car running a little bit I think it's expectation when yeah you expect that if it's going to be good I'm going to feel it in a second, you know, you flip that light switch on and boom, I'm feeling it. Then if you expect that and it doesn't happen, you're already disappointed. And oh my gosh. Yeah. But if you say, you know, you got to warm me up like a car, then we know where it's going. So we work towards that. I, I think yeah. for the man and the woman to understand how it works. I think, yeah, both people um, having an understanding of this is so beneficial. Um, generally the body needs 30 to 40 minutes of foreplay to even actually feel, you know, most people need 30 to 40 minutes of foreplay to even feel something in their bodies. And so I, I meet with couples is like, we, 
five, 10 minutes, it's like, that's not enough time for your body to get warmed up. So I think that's, I think that's interesting because like when we're younger, it's like, boom, boom, bam, you know, like you can sneak off and go catch a quickie, you know? And, and so now what you're saying is hold up, hold up, take your time. Absolutely. You know, things have changed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just like you don't walk or run as fast as you used to. You need to slow this down as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most people need 30 to 40 minutes. Or do you mean just women? Most, most women um, and and some men too, they're everyone's bodies are different. So I think when couples can take time, to do a lot of more of that foreplay for, for men who are of a particular age that actually helps their bodies to get some blood flow for Mm. women. It helps with blood flow. Um, you know, we need blood flow to our vaginas and we need to have time for that to happen. So, Mm -hmm. um, that also is a chance to reduce any anxiety anyone may be feeling. And I think what happens is as we become older, our bodies change. And so Mm -hmm. I think allotting a nice time of foreplay helps to feel that arousal, helps to feel that pleasure, helps us to feel that desire. And so I would say particularly for women, it helps with, you know, of any age, but Mm -hmm. um, definitely as we get older, slowing things down, taking time, because a part of that is just how our hormones change as we we grow older. I'm so glad you mentioned like hormone changes because like Twanda said, you know, menopause is if it's not knocking on your door right now, Mm -hmm. it's, it probably won't be soon. And, um, and so things change, but um, can you explain like what the dynamics of what that means. Like I get it, it changes, but I don't know what that means in terms of how it actually relates to my body. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people feel the actual change, right? There, when it comes to like symptoms of menopause, like the hot Mm -hmm. flashes and, you know, there's Mm -hmm. this physiological, physiological change that's happening in your body, but there's also hormonal change. Mm -hmm. Um, During menopause, your body actually drops in estrogen levels. Okay. Um, so your hormone levels actually start to decrease. And um, at the time of menopause, your ovaries are not producing as much estrogen. The, you know, your ovaries release eggs shop is, you know, uh, closing. <laughs> right. Um, and so it creates a lot of changes. So what happens is that when your testosterone and your estrogen levels change through menopause, it also impacts your drive. It impacts how sex feels. And um, tell me which piece you want to, we want to talk about first. There's so much to talk about. I I was just going to say in that I was listening to what you're the professional I'm going through menopause. I guess we're both going through menopause. Mm -hmm. I've noticed the need to do things differently now. And First, I wanted to deny what was going on. Why are things so different? I have no idea why. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> menopause. Now, you, different products help in different ways, and um, mm-hmm. expectations uh, allow you to be more, let's say, more successful. But I think if we don't know that 
you know, what's happening to our bodies and don't know what to expect, it can take us off guard and mess up our heads. Like, yeah, you think something's wrong, right? I mean, you want to be in the, the mood for sex and then you're wondering, oh, wait, is this going to hurt? Because we're going to talk about that, you know, yeah. or uh, just the other things that are going on that make things different for us. So mm-hmm. I, I think I had a few very mm-hmm. unpleasant revelations about this menopause and how it affects sex. Mm-hmm. It's like, really hot. I don't want to get that close right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 You know, just the, the different things. So I, I appreciate hearing that and that knowing that those things uh, come up. I was going to ask you though, because I, I still like the idea of the, the hormones uh, yeah. about that, but can I go backwards a second? Yeah. yeah. Talked about needing, I'm still not over the 30 or 40 minutes of If you tell people they need to have 30 or 40 yeah. minutes of foreplay, then you probably also give them some ideas of what foreplay yeah. Yeah. What my husband might think is foreplay. What I may think is foreplay could probably be different or maybe mm-hmm. in of ourselves. And we have to figure out what foreplay means to us. But sure, right. don't just send people out on this random hunt for foreplay for 40 minutes. What's <laughs> <laughs> random hunt? <laughs> <laughs> I need, I need a script. I feel yeah. like pharmaceuticals. Do we just need to out? Does he just need to clean the house? Like what is foreplay? What is foreplay? I think foreplay is different for everybody, but I do. I, I give couples some suggestions. I think, you know, the idea of foreplay is part of it is mental. Sure. Part of it is physical. And for women, 75% of foreplay is mental. So mm. having time to anticipate sex, you know, texting each other throughout the day, like having communication is a good start, right? Like I can't wait to night, like just some flirty texting that you can do throughout the day to kind of uh, help with that anticipation. But then when you get together, you know, talking, taking a bath together, taking a shower together, getting out, massaging each other with lotion or oils, or um, it can look different ways. So you can, you know, start off by just laying on the bed, talking, connecting, cuddling. Um, You want to use some of the more physical touch for later in foreplay, because you want to get your body, your mind needs to be a part of this process too. Your, your, your mental space has to be a part. So when you're talking and you're connecting and you're really transitioning from your work day, from the evening routine, from the Mm -hmm. kids, having that space together can be really, really nice. So you're talking, you're cuddling and you just build, build and build. And that could look like, like I said, showering together. Um, massaging each other, kissing. And then after you're doing 20 to, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of that, your body's actually ready. Then you can start to touch on each other in your, you know, genital areas. You can start to touch on the vagina in different ways um, with lubricant, not with dry hands. People use lubricant Um, (laughs) and, and, and work your way into the experience. And it, it creates such a nice, uh, ride, you know, from just transitioning from the day into a nice experience with your partner. Well, what you just said in the foreplay just sounds like regular relationship maintenance for intimacy 
even if there's no sex coming at the end of the ride, just being able to do those things like extra touching and kissing and uh, even showering together, although the showering together will likely lead to sex. But still, I'm just saying, (laughs) focusing on each other, transitioning my day and my regular evening routine, which might deal with dealing with the kids to now I'm focusing on my partner for for something and we are connecting intimately, even, you know, we want the sex to happen, but even if it wasn't just in general, making that uh, plan. I like that. I see how this works in couples. Yeah. And I like to use this other metaphor of like snack nights and like meal nights, right? Because Ah. we eat like we need appetizers and snacks to kind of hold us over until we get to our entree into our main course. So what you're referring to is what I, you know, tell couples, like, what's your snack night? So maybe your snack night is doing all of those physical intimate things without sex at the end. Maybe it's just touching and massaging and cuddling and talking. And that is maybe we're too tired for sex, but what we can do is we can create physical intimacy through this pathway um, and have a snack night where, you know, we can put music on, we can have a glass of wine together. We can talk, we can touch each other. We can um, move to a different room. We can start in the living room and then move to the bedroom or move to a certain place of the house. But um, that's what I like to consider a snack night. And then you can have the full, you know, your appetizers and your entree on other nights too. So I think, you know, as we we do have a lot going on in life. And so you can be, you know, you can work toward having times where you're just doing some foreplay with the mutual understanding that this is where we're at, right? Mm -hmm. Both people have to be in agreement. And then you can have your nights where it's a full experience. Um, So I like that you brought that up. I'm I'm super happy you brought that up. I like that, but I want to ask a question related to that, but bringing in hormones. Yeah. Okay. Um, do that sounds like a really nice plan. <laughs> that sounds like a really great thing. And I, yeah. I actually what I hear a butt coming on. No, no. I, I'm just curious. I'm curious. Is even if you do those things, do hormones? come in and sometimes sabotage this wonderful plan because I'll, I'll just, just say this, even um, when I was nursing, mm-hmm. my yeah. sex drive, sex drive went completely floored. I didn't even want yeah. him in the same room with me if he was thinking <laughs> about it. Right. Yeah. And that leveled off, but I, it just makes me wonder, like, are hormones so effective that they can make you, you know, for someone who you really mentally want to have sex with, but you just can't do it. Like does hormones actually come in and just totally throw a kibosh on the whole thing. Right. I mean, hormones are such, um, they're powerful. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes with the hormone changes, I want to go back to what you said about just nursing. Um, Mm when you're nursing and your body's making breast milk, your body actually uses a hormone called prolactin to produce milk. And when that's in your body, uh, it actually suppresses sex drive. So that is a libido um, suppressor. And it actually stays in your body, <clears throat> excuse me, for months, even after you, do, you know, stop nursing. So a lot of women do feel like, okay, like, uh, I don't have a sex drive and part of it is hormonal. 
The other piece is that when your hormone hormones change during menopause, things may not happen as quickly as they used to when you're younger. Mm -hmm. So to feel that sense of pleasure may actually take a little bit longer to actually get to a place to orgasm or climax might take a little bit longer. And having that understanding that I'm going through this hormone change, my um, body's changing, so it might actually take a little bit longer for me to get to that place. Um, but yes, there are times where because of hormone changes, it just, uh, sometimes we're just not in the mood. And, and yes, that is a thing. So, but it sounds like it's not hopeless, like that if we understand, like, okay, if my hormones are changing and if I give myself the grace to say, hey girl, it's, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. It just might take a little bit longer. Take a little longer. Yeah. Then I might not get as frustrated with my own mm-hmm. self. Yeah. And if my husband understands it might take a little bit longer, he might not get frustrated with me yes. and not think that I don't have the desire to, right. you know, be intimate with him. Right. So, so the hormones is not a killer. It's just, you have to approach it a little different. Yeah, you have to understand what's going on. Right. And then modify your approach to, to sex. Oh, I like it. Okay. I just take a pill for this. Like I hear <laughs> it. Take your time. Um, you know, men have stuff to help them yeah. the process. So are there home remedies or are pills get that blood flowing that move things along faster? You know, so there is a pill that helps with female libido. It's called the Addy. I have never heard this a day in my life. Never heard it. It actually, I think it just became FDA approved not too long ago. Oh, for real. Um, okay. And not too long ago. In the past two years? I would say the last three or four years. Um, don't quote me. But um there is, you can talk to your gynecologist about this. It, it it's a slow um increase. So you need to take it like every day for six to eight weeks to actually feel an increase in your body. So yes, there, it doesn't work like Viagra for men. That's a quick onset. There Mm -hmm. are pills. Um, So if you want to go that route, you definitely want to talk to your gynecologist about that. They can, you know, prescribe that. I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. Uh, But do you know anything about whether or not the Benoit balls or, you know, pelvic mm-hmm. exercises, is that yeah. something that women, because so, I've I heard about those things before uh, menopause was an issue for me, but mm-hmm. they help because I think our hormones in menopause mess up with our, our muscles. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So that a lot. So, right. Um, I will, I will go back. There's, like so many things that I'm thinking of and trying to bring it all together here. (laughs) Okay. Um, But for uh, one of the things I was going to say is that, you know, there, there is the, that um, the Addy pill that helps with libido. Um, And sometimes like we were talking about how your body just takes time, you know, to, to get ready. There, there are such things as arousal drops um, that you can use. Yeah. And arousal drops. Yeah. Arousal drops, natural organic, put a drop or two on your clitoris, give yourself some time. I was about Um, to ask you, where do they go? They go right (laughs) on your clitoris. Okay. Drop or two there. And Wanda's um, taking notes, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that can help. That can be very helpful. Um, I used to run a women's group uh, in, in 2019 and we got, we we're talking about menopause and one woman gave a, uh, a suggestion that was helpful for her. Uh, I was talking about the arousal drops, but she also talked about mixing a little bit of cinnamon essential with a little bit of coconut oil, putting it on your breast and allowing that to create a sensation that actually can help with creating that sense of arousal so that you can feel, you know, your libido increase. And so there are, there's a pill that can help with this. There are some home remedies with like essential oils and arousal oils you can use. Um, and so it, it doesn't, uh, uh, and I, I think the other approach that I was saying about doing foreplay and building into it, you can actually use those during your foreplay and that might cut some of the time. Okay. I've never heard any of this stuff a day in my life. I'm I'm shaking my head like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm glad you're taking notes. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question though. Um, you were just, you know. Well, if you have more stuff to give, just give. <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> yeah. And and toys can be really nice. A nice part of foreplay, you know. Um, you just say toys. Yeah, toys. Oh, okay. So you uh, recommend to people go out to the store and pick up some toys. Yes, um, I have. Toys create a different sensation than the tongue can, than the fingers can. And so having variations of sensations is really nice. So you, you want to use that for the latter part of your foreplay. So spend the first, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 15, 20 minutes or so connecting, you know, and build into actually using the toys um, just so that your body has enough blood flow down to your vagina, down to your clitoris, so that when you use the toy, it actually feels good when you use it too early. Um, or touch that area too early. Yeah. Doesn't feel too good. No. <laughs> so um, like, do you go to church? Don't answer that question. The reason why <laughs> I came up with that idea, because there's a church girl in me somewhere that says, you just told me to go to the store and buy masturbation products. And that's bad. But that's not mm-hmm. bad. Do I need to re- reframe this? No, I think it came uh, from somewhere. Up in therapy a lot. Mm-hmm. We, we there are a lot of childhood messages and messages that were taught about sexuality, um, especially for women to be pure, to be whole and, you know, and things of that nature. And so um, the idea of masturbating and using toys does kind of throw up a lot of flags for, for women. Um, in this sense, I'm, I'm, you, there, Having a healthy discovery of yourself actually helps you have a healthy discovery with your partner. Mm-hmm. So in this sense of using toys, I think, and I also, you know, say this, that if women feel intimidated with using the toy by themselves, what would it be like to use a toy with your husband? Okay. Um, how can you explore this together and it be a nice way to, to learn your body and to feel different types of sensations? Because this can also help with libido um just being able to experience different types of sensations knowing how your body responds to it feeling pleasure um is a libido feeder so toys can be really helpful um in in that journey i brought that up because i was once in a women's bible study Mm -hmm. and 
you know, one of the chapters in the book we are reading talked about sex. And mm. we were in a larger uh, Bible study with other women. So we had our own smaller one, and then we combined with another group. And these group of ladies told us that they thought on, the only appropriate position was the missionary position. Uh, many of them felt like the lights should be off. And they were serious. And they, they attached it to religion. And mm-hmm. I know if, if we had said, and then we should bring in some sex toys to help mm-hmm. with our, that they would have just fallen out of their chairs. I remember, yeah. and so it, it, it makes me think that there are some issues with, yeah. um, I'm not going to just say Christianity, I'll say with religion in general, that probably affects a married woman's libido, no matter where they are right. in life. Yeah, I think the idea is that, well, for a long time, sex is to give the man pleasure, and the man is supposed yeah. to feel pleasure. And a lot of times in my couples therapy, when I have women who say, I don't get anything out of it, that is also a libido killer. They're not getting anything. It's like what I use is in session. It's like, it's like going to work and putting in work and not getting a paycheck, right? Like feeling pleasure, being able to orgasm and climax is that incentive. It helps to feed your libido. So if you're in a situation and going back to what you said, you know, toys, is a way to help bridge that gap so that the woman can also feel pleasure during the experience. And so if you're not being, if you're not having orgasms, if you're not climaxing, if you're not feeling pleasure, it makes sense why your libido would be low. Like why would I even want to do this when I don't get anything out of it? So it's a way of introducing the idea that it's okay for both of us to get something out of this experience, not just one person. Um, and sometimes, you know, toys is a nice way to be able to to experience that. So I, I do recommend toys. I um, am so glad we're going to have a, se- a session on men because I felt I feel like what I just heard you say was sometimes hmm, vaginal intercourse won't get you there. And mm-hmm. you need clitoral stimulation, and that's yeah. what the toys yeah. are about. And I can imagine that there will be men who feel some kind of way. What? That yeah, yeah. Magic- and, and only fifteen percent of women actually climax through penetrative sex. Only fifteen percent. Not the way that it's portrayed in the movies. I mean, not very many women experience an orgasm through penetrative sex. Most women get the orgasms through clitoral stimulation, and that is the sex for most women. See, um, so that right so there. You're, you're on to something here. We, I mean, like, can we, we should, like, make that the title of this whole episode. <laughs> Some, you know, like, let's make sure that message gets yeah. out, because yeah. if there are women who, who could climax who aren't climaxing because they think it can only be done in one way or they don't yeah. realize what they can do we could like solve right sexless marriage and thing. Said, don't like, limit, you <laughs> yes know, don't limit to just penetrative sex like open this up like explore your bodies and most women yes you we we do experience a lot of more orgasms through clitoral stimulation so don't shy away from that but you have to be open to feeling different sensations and doing different things during foreplay to actually understand and and experience that. So don't limit yourselves. Absolutely. So we've talked about hormones, uh, even religious backgrounds needing to, uh, as hormones needing to warm up. Are there any other blocks 
that you see when women come in and they're saying, mm-hmm. my libido is down. Are there any that block you commonly see? Yeah, any type of pain or discomfort during sex will kill libido. Mm-hmm. And um, especially for women who are premenopausal or going through menopause, when your body has low estrogen, it actually changes your vaginal tissue, your 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 vagina um, skin becomes thinner. So sometimes women experience like tears, mm-hmm. um, muscle soreness, it really changes the composition of your tissue. And so um, anytime you're feeling pain or discomfort, no one's going to want to have sex when when that's happening. And so a good thing to, to do is one, you want to get your estrogen levels checked, see where they are. If they're low, um, you can actually ask your gynecologist for an estrogen cream to put on your vagina and they can prescribe how often you need to do it. And that actually gives your vagina the elasticity. It helps with the tissue down there, helps it feel more rejuvenated. Also with lack of estrogen, there's dryness. So well, I'm sorry. All of this why is it this over the counter? Why do I need a prescription for this? This happens to er- all women. Why do I need a prescription? Yeah, um, I, I think being able to talk with a gynecologist can actually give you the dose of est- estrogen that you need so that it actually works sufficiently. Um, my gynecologist nor my doctor as I get a certain age ever says okay here's some things you need to think about you should think about that you should think about that and then I can say oh yeah I am having that problem yeah can you sign me up for that I have to listen to this podcast girl podcast you know to to hear that this is what's going on this is what I need to ask for I don't I don't appreciate there are no commercials out telling me to to ask for this cream I've heard a Cialis. I heard all these other commercials that help men. Why in the world am I having to wait this long just to hear that I need to ask my doctor? I mean, how many times a day do you hear on TV? Ask your doctor. It's insane. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I'm just all Um, upset. I'm upset. Well, I'm just listening to your rant. It's it's actually quite fabulous. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> She's just not happy. And, and I and I, I and that's part of like what sex therapists are trying to do, trying to help change the information that's put out there so that women can get the information they need. So a lot of times um, women don't know this. And so, yes, go to your gynecologist, ask for estrogen if you're experiencing dryness down there. Um, that helps to bring moisture that will help make sex feel different during menopause. Also use a vaginal moisturizer um, that they have organic vaginal moisturizers that you can order. Okay. Wait, do you mean okay, lube? You, you Is gotta, that lube? They, yeah. we, we can't, you can't gloss past. I know. Vaginal <laughs> so we got lotion for down there too. I mean, yes. tell me about this. <laughs> Is that yeah, the lotion Um. Yes. So, not only lubricants like you can use i i hear women during menopause they use lubricants because it does feel dry down there lubricants absorb into the skin very fast especially water-based so you want to use uh they have actual if you go to amazon google type in vaginal moisturizer they have all different kinds uh, organic ones made with like shea butter and olive oil and coconut oil and you can actually apply that daily and that actually helps to bring some relief or you can just use regular coconut oil daily and just after you shower after you bathe 
massage some coconut oil on your vagina and help help her feel good help her feel good she wow. deserves it I, I, absolutely today help her feel old. good okay. today years I old just... right <laughs> Well, I hope I, I know I, I like cut you off, but I was just like, wait a minute, what? So, but <laughs> if you had anything else that, you, that I, you know, I want you to feel free to say that, but, um, yeah, well, helpful. Yeah. Well now. Okay. So I, I, I almost don't want to stop. I'm just like, I'm are just, you serious? I'm so I didn't enjoying know this. this journey with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like totally there. But, um, we are approaching that time. So I do want to give you an opportunity to let everybody know how to get in touch with you because, wow, you have yeah. like a ton of information. We just scratched the surface too. We didn't even get deep. We just, well, yeah, got deep. We're anyway, girlfriends yeah. talking right now. We haven't yeah, even gotten so in. so much here. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I will say that I, I, I have an Instagram uh, page Helena underscore the underscore therapist um, where I like to put content out and um, it's helpful for both men and women to understand what's happening with their bodies, how to have better sex, how to just enhance these things in the relationship. So you can follow me on Instagram. I also, um, you can go to my website, helenajohnsoncounseling.com and uh, just Follow me on, you know, on my Instagram, on my website, check out things. I I usually run a women's group every fall where we address some of these things that we've talked about. Well, a lot of these things that we've talked about. And so um, it, my goal is to have that every October um, of the year. But as I, if I decide to do it earlier um, in the year, you'll, you'll be able to find that on my website. Wow. Thank you so much. That sounds exciting. Yes. It does. And we're going to put all of her information um, in the show notes so you all can um, find her. You don't have to pull over and write down her information. <laughs> um, you'll be able to get it. So I now so I can't wait for us to have the men's conversation. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, because I, I learned so much about myself as a woman. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine like being able to, we're going to be able to flip the script and learn a lot about the men in our lives and how their sex drive is um, yeah. affected by age and all these kinds of things. So talk about an appetizer you. for the next episode, man, that I was mean, great. <laughs> seriously. I yeah. I, I'm excited. So, but we'll be having her right back with us next week. So y'all don't miss it. Helena Johnson, thank you so much for being with us today. And um, and for our listeners, thanks for coming by. We can't wait to have you back next week. But until next time, peace and, and blessings. blessings. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.